You are listening to the mother of all talk shows with George Galloway. Mick Jones played up front for Leeds United, of course. It's Mike Jones, the celebrated expat journalist in Russia, who joins us now. Mike, thanks uh, very much for uh, coming on the show. Tell us, uh, for starters, how you got to be living in St. Petersburg and doing so well as a journalist and broadcaster. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for the kind introduction, Mr. Galloway. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you. Before I answer your question, I wasn't aware that uh, we had to bring our own hats. So, but don't worry, I came prepared. Uh, so uh, I ended <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take it off. well done. <laughs> I'll take it well off in just done. a moment, well don't done, worry. Um, no, I, I came to Russia after a job offer. I was in the gaming industry before, so I was on YouTube uh, prior. And uh, I came to work for the developer here in St. Petersburg. Within two weeks, I was snapped up by my wife. Uh, and this, as you remember, was the World Cup uh, back then, which I view now in retrospect as probably the height of relations, international relations with Russia. It was a wonderful time, uh, a huge celebration of the world coming together. Uh, and it was, it was a beautiful time to be in Russia. And uh, I have absolutely no regrets. Um, and uh, yeah, here I am. Uh, and the reason I have this channel, the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is the irony of the freedom of speech, democracy of the West, blocking Russian news channels. Yeah, uh, two weeks, that's pretty good going. My wife snapped me up in 20 minutes, uh, but uh, we'll not go uh, deeper into that. Uh, she, uh, the Russian, your Russian uh, missus, is the reason you stayed there. Everyone travels for love. But I'm sure by now you've fallen in love with Russia and its people because what's not to love? This place, this society, this, this great uh, storehouse of culture is a, an enormous uh, cultural power in the world of which this new generation is going to be entirely oblivious, aren't they? Absolutely. And uh, one of the reasons I even agreed to come to Russia was my distrust of the BBC portrayal of Russia. Uh, one would imagine the Soviet queue would, was still existing in this very dark uh, entity that the BBC would have you believe that Russia is. Quite the opposite. After probably 20 years of working in the UK my entire life, uh, I started out in the British infantry and later on through civilian life, uh, trying to scrape together a deposit for a house. Uh, myself and my previous partner failed to do that. We rented all our lives. Uh, within two years in Russia, my wife and I had bought my first property, not hers. Uh, and for me, that spoke volumes about the opportunity, uh, certainly economically, for the working person in Russia. It's going on the culture. One of the first things that struck me was one of the first victory days was the March of the Immortal Regiment. With recent events, I think this is extremely pertinent with the memory of the people who have granted, certainly Russia, and of course many of us in the West, granted us these freedoms that we enjoy today. That, criminally, I find the younger generation are not being educated to the same degree that the youngsters in Russia are. That gratitude for all the freedoms that they enjoy. Well, I saw a graph, uh, Mike, the other day uh, about French uh, people who were polled in 1945, they were polled in 55, 65, 75, and so on. 
uh, as to whom they attributed the victory over Nazism and the liberation uh, of their country and the continent uh, from uh, German fascism. Uh, and in 1945, as you might expect, something like 80% of the people uh, gave thanks primarily to Russia. Uh, but by 2015, uh, that number had fallen to around 12%, which shows that the eternal gratitude that King George, that Winston Churchill, that Avril Harriman, that uh, President Roosevelt and others promised the Russian people for their role in liberating Europe from Nazism wasn't eternal at all in historical terms. It's, it's been five minutes and forgotten. Absolutely. Well, that promise held up about as well as uh, not one inch east, didn't it? Uh, that Gorbachev was assured. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, Russia has unfortunately yes. suffered in of that course, regard. Of uh, course, yeah. And yeah, but uh, being a fool, of course, Gorby uh, didn't ask for it in writing on vellum uh, in copper plate uh, ink. But uh, let's not speak ill of the recently dead. Uh, now, you're in St. Petersburg. I know it as Leningrad, of course, and uh, visited it very many times in those days. It was always politically independent uh, somewhat, even in the decades of communist rule. There were always different political currents in St. Petersburg than in Moscow. Uh, do you detect any of that uh, today uh, in relation to the war in Ukraine? Is there, for example, more criticism, more opposition to President Putin in St. Petersburg as compared to Moscow? Initially, there were protests uh, in both Moscow and St. Petersburg. Uh, in St. Petersburg, there were reports. I didn't see them myself, but there was footage of people on the streets. Since then, I've not heard of any more. In fact, since my visits to Moscow, I've come across more Russians who are more West-leaning, more liberal, let's say, uh, than I have done in St. Petersburg. But you're right, St. Petersburg traditionally has been very much more European-leaning. Uh, particularly in that regard, as you say, like with politics. But to date, uh, Putin has been handed numerous political gifts by the West. There's, you've touched on Annalena Burbock's words. Uh, we've just talked about failed promises. Putin talking years prior about how the West couldn't be trusted. The Russian people have been shown through the West's own actions that Putin was absolutely right throughout, these, throughout all these years. And all these actions have just come to pass. Maria Zakharova's very poignant and emotional address on Friday. This was the first that I learned of um, this snub of uh, Russia in the Netherlands regarding Auschwitz and the liberation, where she detailed the... The, the trauma that the Russian people still feel, the hurt and the pain that they carry with them following the events of the Second World War. So that has solidified even further. It's almost like Putin could just sit back and let the West do the work for him. There's no talk of regime change here in Russia. I've never heard of a Russia saying, hey, we need to organize and get on the streets, just as I've heard Jimmy Dore doing. Now, I, I had to enjoy the irony. Yes, uh, and of course many regimes have changed in the course of the last few years. The number of people who said, you know, Assad must go, Putin must go, 
uh, Xi Jinping must go, the Ayatollahs must go, but it's usually them that say these things that go, uh, and oftentimes in uh, ignominy. The polling in Russia shows that Putin is far more popular than he was uh, before the war began. I wouldn't, if I were a Russian, have been voting for Putin on domestic policies. I would have been voting for the leader of the opposition in Russia. Uh, though the foreign policy decisions that Putin has made on Syria and on Ukraine and so on, as you say, have been made very easy for him by Western perfidy or simple miscalculation. But it's obvious or ought to be that the Russians are not going to overthrow their government. They support it. That Putin doesn't have multiple cancers. He's not been replaced by a body double. He's not dead, as Zelensky said last week uh, he thought he was. He's in charge, and he's got Lavrov handling his foreign affairs, and in uh, Lavrov he has the most skilled uh, diplomatist in the world handling his foreign affairs. So every way you look at it, however you dice it, Mike, Russia is winning. They absolutely are. They are winning. They have won in many regards. And it's only for the West to admit it, but they don't seem to have any off-ramp, any de-escalation plans uh, that they can employ. And as you've said many times, they have said about to the last Ukrainian. And that's the huge tragedy. I've been three times to Donbass already. I, I've spoken to the people that live there. And that's where my, my heart genuinely bleeds for these people, because it is the ordinary people on the ground that are suffering for this power play between these two ideologies, these two forces. And it, to a degree, you know, it doesn't matter which side of the border these, these people are. Uh, that's where my full sympathies lie. But as Medvedev, Dmitry Medvedev, former prime minister and former president of Russia, has said, Russia cannot lose and Russia will not lose. And if you think you can defeat a nuclear power in conventional warfare on the ground, then unfortunately that's where Medvedev was warning about that ending in nuclear war. There, this is completely ill-advised. I'm reading the latest reports now today in The Sun about how the UK is con concerned about the Chobham, codenamed Dorchester Armour, on the Challenger 2s, if that falls into Russia's hands. The US, according to BulgarianMilitary.com, will not be supplying the M1 Abrams with their sort of patented secret armour as well, thus neutering any real defensive capabilities of the M1 Abrams. So all of this is... I thought sort of self-sabotage, really, it can't, I'm at the point where I don't believe it's stupidity, I believe it's almost intentional, hence why Germany being goaded, forced, however you want to look at it, to this catastrophic decision against Russia, to my perspective and point of view, is to ensure that German-Russian relations remain irreparable for the next 80 years. Yes, uh, I think that's probably about the, the size of it. Now, you're a former military man uh, at, a, at a boy level, at cadet level, so was I. Uh, we both know, I think, that you could fit the entirety of the British Armed Forces into Villa Park uh, if they were unlucky enough to be forced to watch Aston Villa play. Uh, um, we will not be fighting Russia. Uh, it will be the United States that will have to fight Russia. Uh, 
What would be your message to the fathers and mothers of potential U.S. servicemen sent into a conventional war against Russia? What would your advice be? Goodness me, that's a, a terrible uh, specter to consider. Um, my my advice to them would be, well, if it's your own son and daughter that's sent and fulfilling their oath to their country, then that's a very difficult thing to advise upon. Uh, my main thing for everyone on my channel has been, I remember the words of my grandfather and uh, what he told me about his experience um, and how uh, I believe Russia is on the right side, certain right side of this certainly ideologically um i i would i would only be able to extend my sincere sympathies and hope that uh, those people wake up and again similar to as jimmy Dore has just said you need to write to your representatives and try and exhaust all these instruments of democracy that you have and if those fail you need to get out on the streets to really demonstrate your disapproval and lack of consent for this bloodletting that i believe we're seeing who are your audience, uh, Mike, and how do people reach you? Because you're so impressive, I'm sure lots of people watching tonight will want to do so. Thank you very much indeed. Um, well, most of my audience uh, come from Western countries, a lot of them from Canada, uh, surprisingly, Australia, America, and of course the UK, among numerous other countries. My main platform is mainly YouTube. Like yourself, I have a Telegram channel as well, where I share some of the updates that are not deemed suitable for our Western overlords on YouTube. Uh, and that is the, the main sort of channels that I use uh, to reach people. Well, you're too young to remember Mick Jones, uh, though your father might uh, remember him. He was quite a handful as uh, centre forward in a very tough Leeds United team. I remember him fondly because I kind of like that sort of thing. Mike Jones, thanks for joining us on the mother of all talk shows. Thank more you power so much. To so your microphone. Will we be at war with China in two years? You've still got uh, about 40 minutes to vote on my Twitter, on my YouTube, on my Telegram, or on the YouTube community poll. Uh, coming up after a very short break is the one and only Farron Fronczak. Stay tuned.